And we're at episode 51 here of the Cherokee Rewind. We thank you for hanging out with us. I am Mick. And, uh, well, this guy, going back to the beginning of this century when he played, and I tell you what, of all the guys that i ever seen, I always talk about different guys for different reasons about how I thought they were incredibly exceptional. Well, this guy was in, had probably some of the best hands I've ever seen on a guy that played at the Central States Hockey League level. And his name is Ryan Potts. And from t- and you'll hear me call him Potsy a lot, and that's because we all did. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he's a grown man now, So, but, you know, us hockey people, we call it <laughs> We still we still go by uh, nicknames, even even though we're grown adults, we still revert to those uh, childhood nicknames. But uh, Potts, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Mick. Thanks for having me on today, man. Thank you very much. Hey, pleasure's all mine. Believe me. Uh, one of my one of my favorite people because we've talked. You know, we've probably talked about you the most out of any other player through 50 episodes <laughs> without having you on. <laughs> We've, uh, I mean, and, and it all had to do with a little squabble you had in, in, in Cincinnati. We'll get to that later, but uh, we talked about you the most. And, but not only did we talk about the fact that you got, you had the squabble, which you were not a, a, a fighter or any sort of pugilist. But I don't we know also why you thought about, that, Nick, but <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is going to be fun. I can already tell. But uh, you know, it's uh, but also the fact that you you did something like ridiculously insane and earned mad mad props and respect for what you did, and that was to put the pads on to play goalie in a game, and uh, that that will always be forever remembered in Cherokee lore. Um, yeah. We'll talk about that here in a little while too. But I want to, I mean, this is a guy who has um, gone from putting on skates as a kid. I mean, your hockey heritage in your family uh, runs strong. And of course, you even had a cup of coffee with the Fort Wayne Comets. So, I mean, that's every kid from Fort Wayne's dream, you know, to be able to yeah. suit up the white, black, and orange, you know, I mean, that's, that's a dream. And uh, let's talk about, first off, uh, getting started. When you first put on a pair of skates, uh, I'm presuming you were in the single digits. Yeah. Yes, we uh, I got started when I was, I think, started skating when I was three, right? Uh, I think that seems to be the magic number, I feel like, for for uh, a lot of the guys that, that start real young. And, you know, just grew up playing in Fort Wayne. And, and at the time, we had, you know, the Coliseum it was, was a rink, but, you know, you never really got to play there. And we had one sheet of ice, McMillan Ice Arena downtown. And uh, I, I just played uh, like uh, house league, um, might squirt. Uh, when I got to Pee Wee, ended up playing travel uh, for four years. So I played travel uh, with the Comets, uh, my Pee Wee years, my Bantam years. And then after that, I ended up playing just I played high school. You know, there, there was a travel team. And I just I just played high school. And, um, you know, and after that, you know, after high school, we ended up getting over the Cherokee, which is, uh, which, which is pretty, pretty awesome. That, that little, st- uh, so it was an interesting journey, I will say to get to the Cherokee and, oh. but yeah, it was, it was fun. It did the whole, the whole journey was fun and got to play a little bit after the Cherokee and, you know, and, uh, I, I, as we were just talking a little bit before the started, just my, my oldest boy just had five games this weekend. Right. So now we're, 
now I'm a coaching and it's like really full <laughs> circle. And well, it, it's just a lot of fun, Nick, this whole hockey, hockey journey. Yeah, it is. It always, it always is. Uh, well, let's start when you first started, when, uh, you were little, who were your coaches when you first started out? Oh, <laughs> um, I had a few, a guy named, uh, Doug Johnston is someone that I, I remember quite a bit. Um, and you know, and when I played house league, it was, it was just many, it was many different coaches each year. We had somebody, um, we had Cole Herb's dad coached. Uh, I remember Cole Herb from Fort yep. Wayne. Larry uh, Herb. Yeah, Larry Herb. He's a, a wonderful guy. Uh, he, you know, he played for him uh, a little bit. And uh, the, the other coaches, uh, a guy named Tim Irving, um, Robbie Starkey, you know, just it seemed like we had, we didn't have one coach through the ranks in, in, in travel, uh, at least not when I played. And so, it's a little bit different now. I feel like that the coaches kind of stick with the teams, you know, year to year, but these guys, some of them were doing it. They didn't have any kids on the team. Right. So they were, uh, they were just out at the rink and donating their time and volunteering and, you know, appreciate that. Yeah. So um, were there any that stuck out in your head more than others? Like, because they, uh, whether they were more intense, they yelled a lot. Uh, were there others that were more stoic or, I mean, more laid back? Uh, you know, we, uh, a guy named Doug Johnston, he he, I, he played pro. I, he might have even played in the NHL, to be honest with you. I, he may have. Um, but he's one that stuck stuck out, right? He, he, he was a tough guy. His son was real tough. And, you know... You know me, Mick, it, I was not tough, right? So mm -hmm. it, it's, it, I just remember how how tough he was. He taught us some stuff in front of the net, you know, where, where to get the guys without the pads and, you know, all that jazz. And But he's someone who just some of the stories and that stick with you, you know, you remember quite often. And I still, you know, he, he called the Ponderosa. I don't know if you remember the uh, Ponderosa, right? But he would say, you know, the Ponderosa, you don't, you don't want to give the puck up there. And it's little things like that that stick with me. But, uh, you know, my, and I, I know we'll get to it, but my, Omi was, was, was my favorite coach, you know, by far my favorite coach. He was, and I'm not just sitting here saying this cause I'm on the, the podcast, right? He's just someone who, um, truly appreciate it you know that the two years I was there and it's it's funny because so many things that he said and so many uh, things that just happened in my tenure with the Cherokee I, I I didn't really understand it you know at the time right and and then mm -hmm. it's like as you get older you understand you under you just start understanding things just start clicking a little bit more but as far as youth hockey I'd say Doug was probably the one that, and I think he only coached, you know, one or two years. Um, but yeah, it was it, it just a good, all, so all the different coaches. I, I remember, uh, I, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but remember a squirt uh, coach, you know, back when I was nine and 10 years old, that was just so nice, right? He was just such a nice guy and said a lot of great things. And, you know, it's little things like that, that keep you going at that age that want to make you come back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you, you appreciate that. Yeah. Now, um, like when you, but back then, I mean, most of you guys are just, I mean, let's be honest. Most kids younger, the younger they are, they have their attention span 
is less and less. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they have the attention span of a gnat sometimes. And uh, did you guys, uh, were you guys more like inclined to want to goof off as opposed to uh, listening to what your coaches said, or at least try to? You know, I, I think we, we had to pay attention because in Fort Wayne at the time with, with only having one rink, we had one practice a week, you know? So wow. like it was wild, you know? So you had 60 minutes of ice and, uh, you know, at least some of those, like Larry Herb, he was a coach that you you did not want to goof around on, you know. And, and again, all coaches are so different, but he was all about stamina and all about skating. And we would do, we would skate all the time, you know. He just would always say, "You're we're not going to be outskated," you know. And so I, I don't, I can't remember when I was a little, you know, a, a little guy. I'm sure there was some goofing off going around, just just based on what I'm seeing right now in my coaching days and what you know <laughs> with these little kids. But, um, you know, it was, it was, it was just a fun journey. It was a fun journey, and just a you know, uh, thankful that it all happened <laughs> for so many reasons. You, so why did you go to, um, why did you go to play high school hockey instead of travel? You know, I went and played high school hockey when I was a sophomore, I think it was. I played travel my freshman year, played high school my sophomore year. I don't know. You know, I I played uh, the high school team, Northrop, where I went in town. We had a good team. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't know. I just went and played. And then uh, the older I got, uh, junior and senior year, I, um, just stuck with it, you know, just, uh, and I, I didn't go the travel route and it, it's something that's, you look back and you're like, well, I, it probably would have maybe helped, I guess, if I would have went travel, but at the same time, maybe not, you know, maybe not. Everything just kind of happens for a reason, right? You go your journey and, and all that jazz. So it's, uh, it all worked out. It was all worked out. But even in high school, Mick, we would literally practice one time a week on Sunday nights. And so half the time we didn't even practice because we'd play on the weekends. You know, that was our time slot was 445 on Sundays. Holy cow. Yeah, it was, it was wild. And, you know, you get to, you get to junior and you get to college and whatnot. And you're, you're playing with these guys that, you know, are from Minnesota and they're literally on the ice every single day. And, and you didn't, I, I never realized how different it was growing up in, in Fort Wayne with just the one sheet. Now there's, now there's, a new rank with three sheets. You got the Coliseum still. So it's a little bit different now. The kids are practicing two, three times a week, every week. And, um, but yeah, it's, I'm glad, I'm glad we went the route. There are a lot of good memories, a lot of good memories in that high school you know, time frame with, with the team. Okay. Yeah, well, and you're right. Um, now, uh, were you guys pretty, were you guys successful when you played in high school? We were, yeah, we were, we had a, we had a good crew and remember going down my junior year and we, we were in, there's like different brackets, right? You're three, a two, a one, a, and the way they did a high school in Indiana is real interesting where it's like, they pretty much seed you one through 30 or however many teams there are in the top eight or in the top division, you know, and then, so it's not by size or anything. And we, I think the first couple years, my sophomore and junior year, we would just be like the, the lambs, you know, that they just served up to the, we'd be like the seven or eight seed. We'd have to go against the best team in the state. And it was pretty intimidating. Um, and then, you know, my senior year, I, I, we, we struggled a little bit my senior year and uh, did not uh, do as well as 
well as we would have liked, but you know, that's how ha- it happens, right? It's life. <laughs> it's life. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But uh, now uh, your coach then, uh, same thing, pretty, pretty good coach, intense. and Yeah. You know, you know, uh, one of the coaches, do you remember a couple names here? Colin, do you remember Colin Chin from the yes. comics? Yep. So Colin Chin's brother, Randy Chin, was one of my coaches. Uh, another guy from the comments, Ron Leaf. Do you remember Ron Leaf? Yep, I remember the name very well. Yep, yep. that guy was a, a, a big goal scorer. And then you'll know this one, Steve Fletcher from the comments. Oh, of course, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So like, and that was probably, you know, looking as we're talking through it, that was some of the, a big part of the reason. I mean, all three of those guys coached me, you know, throughout the years. And it was just awesome. Fletch was, that dude was tough as nails, you know, in his pro career, tough mm-hmm. as nails. And he was so nice or he is so nice still to this day. He's such a nice guy. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because you find that you, you've been around hockey a long time. A lot of the, a lot of the fighters like Dotus, you know, I'm sure yeah. Dotus is going to come up. Dotus is such a nice guy, you know, still keeping contact with the guy and, you know, all the things he did for me that first year in Toledo when I was homesick and, you know, all that. He he was just such a, a good person. And uh, and he, he was he was tough. But you saw that through the different levels, too. Just, you know, some of the scariest guys on the ice, you get them off and they, you know, have the best manners, you know, and, and they're so. the nicest guys. They're yeah, usually the pretty best awesome. Guys. It's pretty yeah, awesome. You know, so what was, I mean, how did you end up in Toledo? How did you get recruited and, and end up to go into a tryout in Toledo? You know, my dad um, and my, uh, my mom, they, they sent letters out. They did, they did, you know, I, I, I know my, I know they're both going to listen. So I'm just going to say thanks. You, thanks to both of them. Cause uh, you know, they sent letters out to a bunch of junior teams and, we ended up like we started sending a couple checks to try to get into the camps. Right. And we actually sent one to Metro and we got a letter back from Metro and they said something about Toledo has your rights, you know, so we can't do it. And I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know that. And so I remembered Ludwig was calling, you know, we had, I had some conversations with Ludwig and, um, that's pretty much how it started. And then I, I went to that camp and, you know, there's a, there's a moment in that camp, Mick, that literally changed the, the, the trajectory of my life. And, and I, I'll share that here in a minute, but it's, it's when you look back at things like that, like it's pretty eye opening. It's pretty like, Whoa, you know, that, that happened. So yeah. went to camp and you know, it all worked out. It all worked out. So. Now that was uh, so. Your coaches that first year were, were T.O. Uh, Kirk Ludwig and who else? Who was the third coach? Was that so, Crowley? So we know we had Witten. Witten was oh, Witten. Okay. Witten was tough as nails, right? Witten was tough yeah. as nails. And there's a guy that I, I've listened to quite a few of these, and I haven't heard his name come up. But it's it, it's funny how it, just an example of the little snippets that you take with you. A.J. Rufo, remember that yes. name? Yeah. Yes. So I think he was, I haven't talked to AJ Rufo since the moment I, you know, I, he stopped coaching there, but he would do something with me that I'll forever be grateful for every single time I had the puck, 
in practice, he'd yell at me to get my head up every single time, almost like to nauseam. And at the time it drove me crazy, but I, I didn't realize how much I needed it. You know, I, I walked around in Fort Wayne with my head down and skated and, you know, and, and it was, it was that, um, him saying that over and over that really just helped me a ton, you know? And, and, and so anyway, if, AJ Rufo. Yep. Yeah. A Amen. Because AJ was the guy that always got me into trouble. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> he was. I used, uh, I, I told the story before about how I got, we were in, I think we were in Chicago and we went to a, a sports bar and we got this girl. Well, first off, Omi was trying to get me like fall down drunk and I, I he couldn't do it. He just couldn't do it. Well, uh, this, uh, he said, I bet you can't, he, he's like, I bet you can't. And of course him being Omi, you know yeah. how he is. Yeah. And he's like, he goes, Mick, I bet you couldn't do five shots in a row. I'm like, dude, put him out there. He goes at once. I go, sure. <laughs> and, and of course he's like going, you know, come on, come on. You can't, you can't, whatever. Anyway, long story short, we're in a bar. This is all after bed check, mind you. So, uh, we're, this is like, a, you know, one in the morning yeah. or 1230, whatever it was. Anyway, it was right next to where we were staying. And uh, this uh, girl working behind the bar says, five shots for all, for all you guys? Who, you know, who's having more than one? I said, uh, no, they're all for me. Oh, we're settling back. And, and, and she goes, you can't do five. I go, I line them up. I said, I'm oh. not going to throw up. I'm not going to this. <laughs> I said, I, and I wasn't, I mean, I'm not proud of it now. But back then I was like, I have a very high tolerance and she's yeah. like, and so we got, we made a bet with her that if I could kill all five shots and stay there and function and everything else for a little, little bit, that she would work the rest of her shift in a sports bra, in her sports bra. She had a jersey over it. And so she goes, well, okay. And instead of putting five shot glasses down, she got a tumbler, set it and poured five shots into the tumbler. And I had to kill the whole thing. Oh and I God. did. I just wow. killed the whole thing, and I just went, okay, next. And she, her jaw dropped and stuff, and she, she held, she stuck to her word. I mean, <laughs> that's good, you know, yeah, you know. But uh, I, yeah, like I said, not what I mean. It was funny, you know. And, yeah. and of course, Rufo, Rufo, and 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 Rufo and Omi were both, you know, like trying to. Oh, you can! I bet you can't do it again. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> oh my god! I go, would you stop this? I mean, yeah. and, and, and Rufo would, I'd be like, you know, if it was like tequila, Rufo would like get the absolute worst dog tequila. You can buy like El Toro or something. He wouldn't yeah. get like the, any of the good stuff. You know, it'd be like, I go, you buy, I'll drink. And he'd be like, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You know, and he'd try to, he'd be like, come on, Mick, I want to see you do it, man. I'll buy, I'll buy, I'll buy. And he never, ever would get like the top line stuff, you know, he'd always get the El Toro, which is like, like, I mean, I, you wouldn't use that stuff to, uh, you know, like dislodge, you know, something plugged in your, in your sink, you know, it was horrible anyway. Uh, but yeah, he, Rufo was always good to try and get me in trouble. So yeah. yes, I can, you know, but he was a good coach. I will give him that. So, and, and his yeah. dad, his dad used to own the Cleveland team. Oh, back, oh yeah. yeah. I, th I think I remember that. I think I remember that. Yep. Yep. yep, his dad owned Cleveland, and then his dad later went on to be, I think, like the commissioner of the CSHL. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't know so, that. 
Yeah. So his yeah his dad uh, Jim Rufo and stuff. Okay. Yeah, you never saw him without a cigar. <laughs> okay. So kind of like Mike Robertson, you never see him without a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Same same thing. All so, right. Well, All right. Rufo though it was a cigar, but uh, anyway, so so you go into tryout camp, and you uh, you walk in there. What was it like when you walked in? When you first walked in there, were you nervous? Uh, apprehensive. Yeah, I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, Mick. I, I I had no clue, and I didn't know anybody. You know, I, I went in. I, I didn't know anybody. I was I was six two, one hundred and probably forty seven pounds. You know, and I just happened to have a good tryout. You know, my first game. I, it helped that they knew who I was already. You know, they they had got my rights or, or whatever. I don't know what, what happened, but you know, the first game and my dad has brought this up a couple of times, but I had three goals in the scrimmage, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it was just one of those goal games where I, it was just, it, it all went my way. And I think at that point that was, you know, looking back, that was probably a, that was a big game, you know, a big game for me. Um, but I was, I was so tired. I was so out of shape uh going into that again didn't know what i was doing and nick at one point in that in that tryout it was a we were doing a three on three oh me i'm gonna tell on myself right here sorry but uh i was so exhausted that i broke my own skate lace on the bench just so i could go get uh, had to go get a new skate lace <laughs> to, to buy me some time i was so tired I never, I, I've only told a couple people that, but yeah, like I just, I just ripped the whole thing. Just, and I was like, coach, skate lace broke. I, I got to go get a new one. And it <laughs> bought me about 10, bought me about 10 minutes. And, uh, but no, it, you know, I, I ended up going through that camp and. How much uh, do you think that was because of doing all those once a week practices in Fort Wayne? It, it was, I'm sure, I'm sure some of it was. And then some of it was just too, like, I, you know, I didn't know that you had to <laughs> train all summer and, and, you know, skate on the ice. And that was just something that we didn't do in Fort Wayne. We, you know, we played baseball and we, but it, there was hardly any skating. And, and I remember going down with my grandpa down to, to Indy and, and skated one time, you know, and I thought that that was going to be good. And, and, and it wasn't, but, you know, went through that camp and um, I didn't think I, played very well really at all and so the the story I was going to bring up was actually when the camp was over you know the Tamil Center was different than it was now like there's stuff that's added on now right and uh, there used to be little offices or rooms or something where you know Omi and the coaches would just call your name you'd kind of stand out there in the, the midsection right by the concession stand where it is and they just call your name. And I remember looking at my mom and I said, mom, just go ahead and go out to the car. I'm going to get called in. I'm going to get cut, you know, and we can go home back to Fort Wayne. And, and I wasn't, I was just being truthful. And I walk in and I, I, again, never, never forget it. I walked in and Omi was sitting there and he, he said, Hey, you know, we, we want to, we want to sign you. We want to sign you for the Cherokee. And I must have had this. I was in such shock that I, I, I almost didn't believe it. I thought, you know, and and I 
was saying, you know, I must have said good or and he kind of asked me again. He was like, are you sure? Like, is this is this <laughs> something you want to do? You know, because I think he could just see the confusion on my face. And and that's the question. Right. It was it was that question that I said yes to, you know, and I'm so thankful I did because ended up having getting to play two years there. Right. And I got to play in college and, you know, I met my wife in Toledo and I've got, uh, you know, a beautiful wife and I've got two kids and, and all that. It sounds corny, but it all stems from that one question that Omi asked me. And if I said no, who knows where I'd be right now, you know? And, and it, you know, it, it, it's, it's really cool. It's really neat. Um, but yeah, I didn't think I was going to make it, Mick. I had no clue. (laughs) And then in that camp is, uh, I didn't know what was going on, but there was this kid it happened to be Dane Den. I, we all know Dane, right? Mm-hmm. That dude was tough. That, he, he was a tough guy. Um, I can't remember how tall he was, five, eight, five, nine. Um, maybe on skates. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, but, but, and the reason I say that is because he kept, and I didn't know who, again, didn't know who he was at the time, but he kept like almost wanting to try to get me to fight or, you know, he was like, all over me. And I had no clue at the time what what was going on. And I, I come to find out, he told me after, he's like, yeah, you know, Omi wanted to see how tough you were, you know, and, <laughs> and, and I'm kind of laughing. And I'm like, well, he found out how tough I was because I didn't I didn't even I didn't fight anybody. I didn't want to I didn't want anything to do with that, you know. And and so, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I just remember going, what the heck? Why? Why are these guys just like wanting to fight me. But again, I didn't know the process. I didn't know how any of this stuff worked. I didn't know junior hockey or so, but yeah, that's how it all, that's how I became a Cherokee, Mick. So let me, then that, of course now, uh, how long did it take for you to get comfortable in a Cherokee uniform when, when you, at the beginning of that first season? You know, the, the first season was my, my two seasons there were so drastically different. Um, first off, I was so homesick, you know, when I got, when I got to Toledo, I had never really been away from home. I had a girlfriend at the time, you know, and I, I, I was just living, living with, uh, I was living with, uh, Diana Robertson's mom and dad, uh, Ramsey's. Okay. okay? Very nice people. But I was, I, you know, I was just kind of, I was just kind of alone and, and it, it was tough, you know, and I didn't, you know, I didn't know any of the players. A lot of those guys knew each other from either the year before or, or they just knew each other from the Detroit Toledo community. And they were all, all the teammates were so nice. There were, they, they were so accepting. And I remember Guthrie, you know, Guthrie saying things when we first met, he's like, yeah, I thought you were from uh, Southview. Like, I guess Southview's colors are, are, brown and um, orange. orange yeah mm-hmm. and, and so I Northrop was brown and orange and I remember him kind of joking about that and um but it took me a while Mick like that first year I'd say I was a healthy scratch 30 30 percent of the time I bet 30 35 percent of the time and you know that was that's a tough pill to swallow you know mm-hmm. and that that's a hard thing when you are going into a year and you know you are homesick and you're 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 battling you're on the fourth fifth line uh, you know and and you've 
it was such a shocker because in Fort Wayne high school hockey, it was so different, you know, and, and, and by no means am I sitting here saying I was a great hockey player, but like around here, I, I, I was able to score some goals, you know, and, and do all right. I did all right for myself here. And then when I went to Toledo, you know, all of a sudden you walk in with your bag and then Omi puts the, the, the sheet up and who's playing and, you know, your name's not on that list. And, and that's a tough thing, you know, and, and at, you know, my, my, my parents would come to, they came to darn near all the games, you know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I don't know if you remember that, but they would travel sure do. all over. And, and, and that was tough too, you know, when you would, they, you know, they traveled to D- Detroit or wherever, and then I'd be sitting in the stands with them. Cause we didn't know if we were playing until, you know, an hour before the game. And that was just all part of the process. It was all part of the process, but you know, uh, I was on a line with guards, uh, you know, and we've, and, and then Dan Mays, the, the green line, I think guards, I listened to that and guards said, absolutely. There's the green line. And, um, but yeah, just, it was very interesting. But then Dotus came in. Dotus um, came to the Cherokee again that year. I think he was off. He was uh, trying to get on some junior A teams. And I just remember, like, somebody going, well, Pete Darlis is going to be your roommate. And, you know, he was the fighter last year. And he's from Southside Chicago. And and I'm just like, I'm, you know, I'm going, what in the heck is going on? You know, I'm already... <laughs> Uh, kind of a mess at the time and and then Darlis comes in and he's just tough as nails and and it was it turned out to be the best thing that could have happened best thing that could have happened for me and you know I, I we talk we still talk quite a bit whether it's text phone call um you know social media whatever that is but you know he kind of took me under his wing um and just we had a lot of good times you know we were he was an older guy, uh, you know, he, he knew the, the older crowd. And, and so he kind of had that in with all of them. Yeah. I think that helped me out a little bit, you know, so I kind of got a little respect, uh, with, you know, with them. I, I was <clears throat> not, I was a, a rule follower, I would say for, for most of, most of everything. Right. So, um, so I, 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 wasn't going out or anything like that, uh, you know? And so, but Dotus just, just such a nice guy and just such a nice guy. And, and he'd sit there and tell me stories, Mick, we, we were in a room, we had like a twin bed on each side of the wall. And he just, he'd say these stories about, you know, fights he got into in Chicago and all these things. And I would just lay there and go, what the heck, you know, like, what is this like real life as, as far as are these real stuff? Is this real? You know, we live such different lives and, but you know, <laughs> that's uh, Pete Darlis oh in a nutshell. That is Pete Darlis in a nutshell. Yep, it, he is, he's so and, and, you know, and I didn't know how he got the name Dotus until the podcast. I didn't either. I didn't either. I was so excited. I, I, my, I, I was so excited. to tell my wife and, and I was like, yeah, I just learned how Dotus got noticed. And, you know, and then, <laughs> yeah, so good. So good. Yeah. I mean, but. it's a blast, but you know, and it's funny because there's one distinct memory that I remember very clearly of you. And we were on a, um, it was the first time he came back. I think it may have been from trying out for a junior A team. 
or something. I can't remember the 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 background scenario, but I just remember he came back, got on the bus as we were to, going for a road trip, and you saw him, and you said, "Dotus, I so freaking love you." <laughs> Oh, I remember man. that like it was yesterday in the near the back of the bus, and he yeah. started laughing at you and everything. <laughs> but it was uh, it was one of those things. It was just uh, you know you could tell the 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 bond that was formed, and yeah. you can't you can't break that. It just yeah. can't. You're you're right. You're right. Yeah. It was uh, so, just yeah. He's good guy and good guy, and that's so why I lived in that house. <clears throat> Excuse me. I lived in that house the first year, and then. Uh, I actually went and lived at the Elliots the second year, you oh, know, okay. and and just really the, the, the story of the two years, it, it was so interesting, but just, you know, I, I, I knew Chris from the year before and I knew Doug and Laura and they just, they took me in and, and I, again, can't thank them enough for that hospitality that they showed that first, you know, that second year I was there and, you know, still keep in contact with them. Not as much as I'd like, you know, it's, it's easy. It's easier said than done, unfortunately, but uh, you know, L and I, we, our kids play hockey against each other, you know, they're, they're both eight. And so he's been to Fort Wayne multiple times and we talk all the time, you know, and uh, it's just cool. You know, those bonds that you get are, are cool. Yeah. So um, when you, when you were in Toledo that first year, I'm going to go back to the first year. Yep. Um, did you have to endure any of the uh, the rookie initiation stuff or anything yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. We we had you know we had the the head shave and my head, Mick, is an ugly situation. It's not a pretty looking head. So uh, <laughs> they they didn't dick it, but I mean they go all the way down. And yep. I just remember we did, they did it at uh, the Robertson's house. You know, okay. they said it's a spaghetti dinner or something. Right? They get you over there and, and then they, they buzz your hair all off. And I just remember opening the door and Donnie Holtz <laughs> walks in and he looks at me. And I can't remember what he said, but it was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, is this what's going to happen to us? You know, he just he, he saw me as the example. I've got a huge nose. I'm, I'm skinny. I've got no, you know, no hair. I, I, I just looked like something, something else there. And but, yeah, you know, it, we did that. And, you know, I, I all those things, uh, some of that stuff probably just probably for another day right but uh you know um it, it, you look back and you you, you go wow it's times have changed <laughs> at the oh, time yeah. it was at the time it was uh all all fun and games you know but yeah it was well of course back then as i was saying before with others i said the the leaner was always the was always the joke of yeah. choice on the road and of course these days now it's mostly shoe check but yeah uh, yeah, you know, so but yeah. I, the leaners. Oh, yeah, the leaners. Uh, that's that's never a good situation when you get a leaner uh, at your door and you got a mess on your hands after you open that door. But especially those wooden now, floors. Did, did you get did you get nailed? Oh, I, over the yeah, over the years, definitely got nailed with leaners and shoe checks and 
Yeah, you know, it's uh, I, I I was never good at any of that stuff. You know, I was just I'm a big dork, so it's. Uh, <laughs> so you're probably, saying you're, you're somewhat gullible. I was pretty probably I'm pretty gullible, pretty gullible. But did that, yeah. now did uh, of course my I always get a kick out of it when they uh, are able to put the clear tape on your skates. Yeah, to, don't think that happened. Thank thankfully, thankfully that that did not happen. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, when you get to take that big tumble of honor as soon as you hit the ice. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the kids do that now. They do that, and they also do the uh, water in the helmets or water in the uh, in the elbow pads in the locker room. Oh, you know, no, I, I don't even know any of that stuff. Like, I, I gotta, I gotta step up my game here, Mick. I gotta be prepared for what the the, the younger guys are gonna start doing, so I don't look like yeah. a fool when they do it. Yeah, yeah, you gotta be, gotta be hip with these hip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but. Um, so now, uh, who are some of the who are some of the funnier guys? I mean, Dotus was nuts. Uh, yeah. Of course, Donnie Holtz. I love that kid, but he could talk to a post. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, of course, you, uh, guys like uh, I'm trying to remember from who else was on that team. Yay, yay, yay. Mickey Meehan is somebody that somebody that I I really looked up to a lot on that team. He was. I just I liked how he played. I don't know if it's just because he was kind of a, a taller, lankier guy, you know, and, and I could relate to him. Um, but then there was some. We had a really good team that year. We had a very good team, and uh, Larry Bryant. Is, so I wish I wish I knew where Larry Bryant was, but because that guy was just, I looked up to him so much. He was such a good hockey player. He never really Lightning got in it. He, he was so fast and he just, he was all business. You know, he was just, he, he did his job. There was no, nothing goofy. I, I wish I would have been more like Larry, uh, especially that second year um, when I took more of a leadership role than, than what I was, you know, uh, you know, but again, live and learn, right. You live and learn. And the Justin Davidson's a guy that I looked up to quiet guy, real good defenseman um, from Colorado Springs, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of the, the uh, Guthrie and Bowes and Soldano, Haberlin, Holtz, Reynolds was uh, was the goalie, Elliott. Um, yeah, you know, those those guys, they were all just so funny. Uh, I don't know how I forget those two, Jepson and, and Ben. Those guys in the yeah. locker room, that was like a comedy show, you know, like uh, <laughs> seriously. Like some of the <laughs> some of the stuff, it, it's just you could write books on what you hear, you know, it's so funny. Yeah. And, and I still laugh to this day of some of the things that were said, you know, and it, it's just, I don't know. It, pretty funny. Now, stuff. did you go to, did uh, Jeppy's mom still have dinners over there when you were there? I don't think I ever went to, to a, a dinner there. It, she may have had them, but I've heard of people talk about it. I just haven't, uh, I didn't, I never went. No. Because I know when uh, his older brother played, John, when John yep. played, they used to go every Tuesday night. The team, whole team would go over there for her uh, pineapple chicken dinner. Yeah, okay. They, they loved it, and they would go over there. And, uh, matter of fact, in uh, earlier podcasts, I had a couple players when I brought it up, and we were talking about it, uh, said, hey, if you see, because uh, the place where I work is the same place where, uh, where Jeppy's mom works. Okay. And they would say, they would always tell me like, "Hey, tell her I said hi, and tell her I want a pineapple chicken dinner." <laughs> you know, well, must you know, be so, good. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently. So, yeah. but uh, you know, but I know Jeff. Jeff was another kid, very quick, very good hands. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was he was he was very quick witted. He was uh, funny. Quite he's, he's funny. Now, yeah. um, if I remember, didn't Davidson wasn't his defense partner like the total opposite of him? I think it was Rico Day, wasn't it? Oh yeah, Rico. Oh, gosh, Rico Day. Yeah. Monongahela, Rico. Pennsylvania. Yeah, Rico and Pittsburgh. Yep. He, he was. He's a nice guy. Rico is a nice guy. Like it's I all think these he names. Coaches there now. He Does he good for him? Yeah. Yeah, he's a good. coach too. And uh, I, 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 I could be one hundred percent dead wrong, so I, I shouldn't say it. But I think, I think, I think, uh, JD Justin Davidson is. I think, I think he's a pilot. Yeah, I I felt like he was going to go to the Air Force or so, you know something like that at, at one point, um, or he wanted to be a pilot. I, I remember I remember that he was was going to go for that. So yeah, yeah, so, it, yeah it I believe a, he did. Heck of a team! It was a heck of a team, and we got to go to nationals that year, and that was just a really cool experience. We what know, year was that? Do you remember? Yeah, it was 2000, 2001. It was the year. So that was Hartford, wasn't it? Uh, yes, or Simsbury. Sim, Simbury or S- Sunbury. It's Hartford, maybe. Suburban Hartford, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, it, it, and we had a good team. We 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 lost the Ventura the first game. Um, mm. I, I remember it was like 6-2 or 6-3. And then I think we won out, you know, and we won pretty handedly. We but we didn't get in. Like it was one of those deals where we were two and one or three and one, and it came down to goal differential and, you know, it, it, we didn't get in, but uh, I remember uh, Metro beat us, beat us in the gold cup in the finals uh, for the CSHL that year. And we both got to go, but man, we battled, we had some battles against Metro Nick. Oh, I remember those. Yeah. And I remember too, because I didn't stay at the same hotel you guys did. I ended up staying at another hotel where the owners were, including the Metro owners. And so I rode the bus, though. So okay. they they had to go get me. Some okay. the time, and, and they didn't always go get me. So I ended up having to ride with the owners of the Metro Jets. Oh, wow. And Butch? Was yeah, his name Butch? Yeah, Butch. Yeah, yep, Butch yeah. Wolf. And I think yeah. his wife's name was, I don't know if it was Linda or I think it was Linda. Anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, so you know he was always such a a, a character, and then uh, you know it was like I would sit there and I used to not like them very much, not them personally, just yeah. their, the fact that the Metro Jets because of what they did that year yeah. with Andy Reynolds. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. Uh, what sub- <laughs> what subsequently happened where you had to go in. Yeah, and uh, well, let's <laughs> let's go ahead and jump to that. Yeah. Um, that was, I mean, our go- our other goaltender was sick. I think wasn't it? Elliot. Was the reason we only Chris Elliott was sick. Yeah, <clears throat> he was had the flu or food poisoning or something. And we got to Metro, and some, you know, I was on the the healthy scratch list, and then I remember Dotus was on the healthy scratch list, which I which was rare because I, I don't recall him. <clears throat> excuse me, being on the being on that list much, but I just remember. You know, we had Elliot's gear and Omi pulled Dotus and I aside and said, hey, can one of you guys just dress as the backup goalie, you know, for this game? And, you know, 
I was like, I'll do it. You know, I'll do it. I, I, I really enjoyed playing goalie. I was a goalie as a little kid, actually, until you know, as a mite. And, you know, I, I played goalie. And so I've always I'd always kind of liked it. Well, I mean, Elliot, I, I love Elliot. But like being tall isn't his like go to, I would say, you know. So mm-hmm. I say that because I, I always joke when the story comes up, I wore his goalie pads and I swear there was like a three inch gap between my knee <laughs> and his pants. You know, I'm six two and, he, you know, he's five nine. And, uh, and so it, I just remember skating around in warmups and Omi was like, just look, try to look as much like a goalie as, as you can. And I said, okay, you know, and everybody knew, everybody in that arena knew, you know, when they saw me walk on the ice or skate on the ice with my regular skates, you know, I'm six, two wearing pads that don't fit me that I wasn't <laughs> a goalie. and. <laughs> the, the game was so close it was it was a one-to-one game okay it's mm-hmm. and they're just running Reynolds they know that I'm it, it, which is it just it makes me mad honestly Mick like it's yeah it's one thing to have a healthy battle you know it's one thing to battle but like to to, to purposely hurt somebody um it, it's still it still just doesn't sit well with me and they they ran them. They just kept running them. And finally they ran them to the point, you know, and, and we, they, you, I know you guys talked about it, but he tore everything in his knee. And yep. I just remember there's like 13 minutes left and Omi looks at me and he kind of gives me the you're in, you know, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm just, you know, sitting there going, what the heck? Like, is this, is this happening? <laughs> and I didn't even have Mick. I didn't even have a stick that was the right hand, like because we didn't have Elliot sticks and Reynolds was a lefty. So oh, yeah. I had to go in and use a stick that was like facing me, you know, not that that mattered, <laughs> but I mean, it, it, it made me feel even more uncomfortable, you know? So I remember like Dane Ben's dad, like running around the rink there at Metro and finding me a stick in like, literally throwing it over the glass so I could get one that was the right way at least. Oh my God. And, and, and like everybody knew I wasn't a goalie. So Metro, they're all just laughing <clears> that the Toledo guys and I'm trying my best like this. We're in a tight race, you know, we're in a yep. tight race at that time. And I'm trying my best to tell the guys, Hey, we can do this still, you know, like crazier things have happened in sports. We can do this. And I just remember telling them like, Hey, let's go, let's go score. Let's go score. And, and who knows, you know, and it, 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 it worked to our advantage because they just started shooting from everywhere. They'd get across the red line and they would just shoot. And I remember the first shot that came on me was from the red line and I darn near let it in. And that's what happened. Like I, I just like misplayed. I was nervous and I it almost went in. So then they just thought, Hey, that's all we're going to do. Well, I could stop them. You know, I was able to stop those. And, you know, a few minutes went by and then a couple more minutes went by and it's still one to one, you know, and I'm, you know, the D are blocking everything. It's like game seven Stanley Cup. You know, these guys are just doing everything they can for me. So shots aren't coming my way. And I remember I had just a lucky save, just this crazy little blocker save. And, And at that point, I was like, 
guy, you know, we can, we can do this. And we had lots of opportunities. And then sure enough, the same guy that, that ran Reynolds came, walked out of the corner and just sniped over my shoulder in my right shoulder, you know, and I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how that happens. I got, obviously I was crouched down, but it was, it was like a bar down goal and they went up two to one and I was mad, you know, I know, I know it was, it was kind of funny for everybody, but like when you're in that spot, Mick, like you, you want to, you want to win, whether, no matter what it is. And I was just really mad that it went in and that you feel like you let your team down and it's, it's just natural. And so we, we, we ended up losing the game two to one, <clears throat> you know, we, we, and we had so many chances. I, there was a video of it. It's somewhere. I'm sure I know it's somewhere. But it's almost hard to watch because that 13 minutes literally lasts like 30 minutes because of so many face-offs because they would just shoot from everywhere. You know what I mean? And it would just be whistle after whistle after whistle. But, yeah, it was it was wild. Like I just remember calling, you know, after each game, I, I call – I still to this day I do it. Like I call my dad, right, and kind of talk yeah. through – talk through the games and I was just like, dad, you will wait till you see the stats on this game, you know, go, go check the stats out there. And, and, uh, it was, it was quite the story, man. And, and 20 years later, it's, it's still, it's still pretty wild to think about. Well, I tell you, the thing is, is that it made me angry. I was so mad. I mean, we all were mad. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, I mean, if that, that cemented the hatred of the Metro jets, I mean, it yeah. really did. And uh, the the uh, the rivalry, I mean, it's still going today. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, they're still a, they're still a tough team to beat, and uh, they are. And so, but uh, back then, I mean, you, I just, oh, I want I want nothing to do with them, up until we made it to nationals, and I needed to ride to the rink. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. There you then, go. then then I had to swallow my pride and be nice and not yeah. say anything. But still, that was still yeah. one of those things that just really hacked me off. But I mean, yeah. the it's funny because, I mean, the, you play you played a good game. That was right. the thing. No, you know, I mean, everybody that when we would talk about it back then was the fact that you know everyone's like, okay, we gotta basically um, overcompensate for the fact that we don't have a real goalie in that, and yet it was kind of like, oh, we don't, but he's he's holding his end up. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's what really got people to respect you a yeah, lot thanks. was the fact thanks. that you were able to do that and, and and do it well. Now, the other end of the, the reason that people know about you is uh, <laughs> the one uh, and that was uh, probably one of the, the funnier moments. I got to admit that oh. uh, I, when that was the fight, you the one and only fight you had in Cincinnati. Uh, I don't know what you were thinking to this day <laughs> when, when I saw, now, mind you there uh, to, to set the scene here, a lot of right. reasons to paint the picture and say, um, you know, what the heck were you, what the heck? Because we go into the rink and I have to do play by play rinkside on a picnic table. What the heck? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, if I remember correctly, I don't know if they fixed it by then, but the lot they used to have it where the locker rooms in that rink, there weren't any. You had they put a they strung a big clothesline across, hung sheets over it, and you went behind it. That was your locker room. 
what the heck? Yeah. The first three words out of my mouth when I seen that you were going to fight. <laughs> Ryan Potts? What the heck? Oh, it's man. Like, oh, my gosh. I couldn't. I'm like, are you sure? 14? And wish, it's like. Uh, wish you would have stopped me, Mick. I blame you. <laughs> I blame you for this. All of this. <laughs> Feel free, man. Take a number, man. You know what? Oh man, I uh, I to this day, I was like that. That probably was the one moment where I went, "What in tar- what in God's green earth is he thinking?" Uh, That's the only time I ever questioned anything you did, like uh, seriously. I mean, yeah. I was like, and to this day, I still don't know. Was it something that you like wanted to try? Was it a something you thought spur of the moment? You you, you know. <laughs> Oh, what a mess that is. It's so funny because I, I actually, um, my brother called me and I guess I'd never really told my brother this story uh, ever. And my, my, my nephew asked me, he said, Uncle Ryan, well, can you tell me about your fight? And I'm just, you know, I'm just, this was like three days ago <laughs> and I, I went through the whole thing and I'm just laughing. But, you know, Mick, it was one of those deals where I was, you know, I was a fourth liner trying to get in the in the lineup, you know, and I had kind of been toying. Guys could fight. You know, there are lots of fights in in the league. And I was kind of toying around with like Soldano and Haberlin after practice, like completely just, you know, wrestling with them a little bit. Well, I learned quickly that wrestling and practice after practice with your teammates who don't want to punch in the face is a lot different than fighting somebody who wants to punch in the face but i didn't i definitely didn't go into the game you know wanting to fight you know that wasn't my intention and somehow in that game i had i had 27 or 29 minutes of penalties when it was all said and done i had like gotten a 10 earlier in the game i had gotten uh, the double uh you know at least one or two um two minute penalties minors and so I looking back on it, I must have been in a mood or something because I, I probably had, you know, 35 minutes the whole year and yeah. 27 of them came that game. And, and I, <laughs> so it all stems from, gosh, I wish I could remember my work, you know, stuff for work as much as I remember this hockey stuff. Cause uh, you know, I, I remember this yeah. clear as day. I don't know what I'm supposed to do in real life, but I, the, the pucks in the corner, there's a scrum after the whistle, right? Scrum after yeah. the whistle in the in the corner. Luckily, our bench was kind of on the pretty sure it was like on the far end. Yeah. Um, and there was just a bunch of people scrumming. And so me and this guy start face washing each other, right? And I'm just I'm just playing the role. I have no intentions of fighting. I'm playing the role, just acting tough. I'm not tough. And and all I hear the words that you know. Or the reason why we're talking about this 20 minutes later is the ref goes, if they want to go, let them go. Oh, and no. I just went, oh, no, like this isn't good. This is not a good situation. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I'm I you know, gloves are dropped and it, it's it still just makes me so mad because I'm not I'm not a fighter, obviously. <laughs> I'm not, I don't get mad a lot, you know? And like, if you're not a fighter, you have to be mad to fight, 
You know, yeah. it, it, you just do because you, you can't be a, 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 a quote unquote nice guy and then just go try to be nice in a fight. Like that's just, it's not going to work. And I found that out. And, and so we're, we're scrumming. I don't know if I throw a punch at the beginning or I, I don't really remember like the first few seconds of the fight, but I just remember, and, and, and I, I dead serious when I say this, at one point I had the guy, his name was Brian Barnett. Right. And it turned out to be their fighter, like the, the guy that fights all the time for Cincinnati. So another uh -huh. thing, anybody listening out there, if you're a young guy on the do your homework, <laughs> do your homework first, <laughs> and figure out who you're fighting, because I picked the wrong guy. And uh, I had his hands, Mick, with with my left hand. I had both of his arms tied up for a split second in okay. any other person in the universe would have just taken control of that fight. Like my, my right hand was completely free and I just didn't, I didn't punch him. I didn't hit him. And I don't, I don't know why I didn't do it. And after I made that silly, dumb mistake, it was over. And he just, the rest is history, right? He just started unloading on me and I didn't know what to do. You know, I'd never been in this position before. And I was like, you know, you're in the heat of the moment. And I, all I wanted to do was in the fight. I just wanted it to be over with, you know? And so I was like, okay, I got a turtle. I'm just going to turtle. I'm just going to turtle. So I go down. Well, I found out, Mick, I can't even turtle right, bro. I can't, <laughs> I can't even turtle right, man. So all, all I had to do, I just, I should have just laid on the ice and just been over. But no, somehow I get on my knees like I'm praying to this guy and I just put <laughs> my hands over my face, like trying to dodge his punches on my knees, man. And he's just, I wish, he, I wish I would have known what was going through his head. Like what's this guy doing? You know what I mean? You could tell he was thrown for a loop. I remember that because yeah. he was ready to jack you again. And when he saw that he stopped. Yeah, and I I know he hit me at least once or twice after that, but then I think he just the ref was just like, let's just end this. This is a disaster for this poor kid. Like, what is he doing? And it was so embarrassing, Nick. And I was I was so embarrassed at the time because, um, I you know I, I knew I didn't do a good job, right? And I I, I didn't want to disappoint the teammates, and but. And I remember going in the locker room and I just remember thinking, holy crap, like that didn't hurt. You know, I had like little cuts over my face, nothing bad. Right. But I had like little cuts on my face and I and I, he, he probably punched me 15 times I, in the face. I have no clue. But it was it was about 15 to nothing. And uh, and I, I called my grandpa in the locker room. Not many people know this. I told I, I told my um brother that the other day i called my grandpa because i was like so excited i just got my first fight i don't know what i was excited about but yeah. but i did and i didn't get a hold of him right i never i don't i didn't talk to him he wasn't there um so i don't know i don't even know that i ever talked to him about it but it was uh it was just interesting man and, and, and looking back i'm glad it happened because i didn't luckily i didn't get hurt i didn't get seriously injured and I went, I gave it a shot, you know, and, and I, I, we talked about that, you know, it's like, I, I, I attempted it and you, again, I've said it lots of times, you live and learn, man. And I just learned that that wasn't my forte. And I, I just, I never fought again. I never, I never wanted to fight again. 
um, he he actually asked me to go that second year in Toledo when we were down in Cincinnati. It, it almost because we had talked about it a little bit, and uh, um, he's like, "Do you want to go?" And I was just like, at that year, I was having a better season, right? Um, and I, I didn't I didn't want to get hurt. I was just like, "No, man, I'm I'm just you." <laughs> <laughs> you embarrassed me once. Uh, you win. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing this. Yeah. So, but, yeah, but it, know, it was it was wild, Nick. I'm sorry you had to watch it. I'm, I'm glad we don't have video of it because I'd probably be a YouTube star uh, or you know lots and lots of views of that just pummeling. Uh, it just a, for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> but actually, actually, I, I'd have to check with the uh, with the ownership at the time because they filmed every game home and away. So did they really? I, yeah, so I would have to check and see if they still have it because back then they did it on VHS. So, but okay. I think they converted it to disc. I think Ugh. I don't know. I'd have to find out. But now here, but here's the thing: I remember too sitting in front of you on the bus, right in front of you, and yep. you were like, "Mick, I, I, I did, I, you know, I said I blew it, you know, yeah. and and yeah. and I just remember telling you that, hey, you had the guts to go over there and try it." That's yeah. a lot more than I, there's, there's 20 other or 23 other guys here that didn't do that. Yeah. You did. I yeah. said, you had the guts to show up and go for it. I said, it didn't go your way, but you, you didn't back down. Yeah. I said, yeah. so I said, you'll earn more respect for that than anything. Yeah. So I said, you know, and, and it's, I still hold that to be true yeah. is the fact that it took more guts going in there with zero experience, not even knowing how to fight. Yeah. Not even know, having zero idea of what to do and still doing it anyway, doing it, even though you were nervous and afraid, you still went in there and did it anyway. Yeah. And yeah. that's more than I can say for a number of players that I've seen and yeah. that I know. Yeah. So Thanks. Don't, Thanks. it's it's true. So don't yeah. don't hang your head. No, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate, and, and I remember like, you know, Omi, we, we had some pretty good laughs. You know, we were laughing about it on the that bus ride, but you know, they said some nice things too. you know, like, you know, similar, similar comments. And I'm sure you were just right there with, with you when we were talking about it. And I, I didn't let it bother me too much. I just knew, you know, going forward, I remember a, a line brawl against uh, Metro the following year. And it was like, we were on a power play. So we had an extra guy and I, I was definitely the guy who went over to the goalie and was like, I'm just going to stand by you. I'm going to let all these guys uh, fight because <laughs> nobody wants to see me fight again, man. So. Were you there when, uh, were you there when we had the line brawl with Cincinnati? Oh, it, Mick, it oh, only saved my life that day. And I'm going to tell you why it, it only saved my life. So again, Omi, thank you, buddy. We walked out. It was, it was, uh, at the intermission, right? It was okay. at the intermission. We walked out, and as I'm getting on the ice, we had a power play. It was a five on three or five on four. And Brian Barnett, the same guy who just beat the crap out of me the year prior, looks at me and he just says, Watch this. I, I didn't know what that meant, right? I didn't know what that meant. So we're we're getting on a power play, and our power play unit is out, right? So we're out. And for some reason, and I don't know if Omi just knew what was about to happen or what, but he pulled our unit at the very last second. He's like, you guys on the bench, you guys out. And right after that, the puck dropped and all their stuff just came off. They, they had a pre-planned 
brawl that they were going to do. And I felt so bad. Like Nick Tucci was a guy. He was a pretty tough kid. And he yeah. was fighting the Rado. I don't know if you remember Rado Lemassani. Yeah, Rado Lemassani. Yep. I, I, I really liked the kid, but him and I probably would have had a good fight, if that tells you anything. <laughs> um, you, you know, but like he was just, poor kid was just getting, you know, beat up. And it was ugly, man. And that whole game. And, we don't and do my this brother, in Europe. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was wild. But I guess their coach was just like, get on the ice, get on the ice, you know, like toss some guys on the ice and. And Omi was like, no, you know, like we're not getting in this. So it got pretty, it got pretty ugly. So a couple of my, my buddies from Fort Wayne were on that team. And I just remember one of them, like literally crawling out of the. All day, uh, Sylvania Metro Amateur Hockey League day. And oh. uh, they, they had a bunch of little kids out there watching. Oh, yeah. And so. Yeah. And so he, the, the league made them, and I talked to, and Josh Deitch was with them at the time. Yes. And, and one uh, of them, he, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, him and, I think J, he was helping Jason. Okay. He was helping out Jason. Okay. And Jason, um, I guess they said that they had to write the, they had to write a letter, so, and Josh wouldn't do it. Really? You know, he, yeah, he wouldn't do it. He gave me the reason why. I have to go back, I would have to go back and listen to his podcast. Yeah. But, uh uh, why? Why not? There was something else going on there, and, okay. and stuff. But still, the point is, is that um, you know, it was. I just remember that game being one of the more wild games we we ever did. It, you know, yeah. it, it was crazy. And, and the thing that I felt bad about is those guys on the on our team. They got like suspended for a game or two. You know, yeah. and, and they had nothing to do with that. Like they just that was just luck of the draw them going out on the ice and you know what I mean? And that bummed me out, but yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. Now were you, were you there? Was that the year that we, uh, your second year when we went to, uh, I think we were at gold cup in Peoria, maybe we, we went to, we played that second year. First year we were like number two seed. That second year we were the number five seed and we had to go into Peoria. And we had never won there. I had, we hadn't won there in two years. And Kelly Kester, that dude pulled something out that I've to this day never seen before in game one of that two games, three game series. He scored three goals in the last two minutes of that game. He scored mm-hmm. two to tie it up and he scored like 30 seconds in the overtime. That dude, he was an incredible player. Kester was an incredible yep. player and a uh, good leader. Like he was a. And we had one of, in, in my opinion, one of the bigger upsets that just kind of went unnoticed. We played St. Louis. We were the four seed. Mm-hmm. We played St. Louis when they had Stasny and, you know, back when he was a young guy and Slace and they were awesome. They, they had both Stasny's, didn't they? Jan and, and uh, Paul? They just had Paul that year. And we beat them in the first game of that round robin. And we kind of like set the tone to where, we ended up beating Columbus, and then we I think we got beat by Metro, but we ended up playing Metro. Man, we had a shot at the at the national tournament again, and we had three returning guys that year. It was it was Kester, myself, and Bobby Mays, and then Mike Opet came over. You know, and, um, and he played in the league, 
but we hardly had any any returnees, and, and it was awesome, man. We ended up getting beat five to two that game. Uh, Elliot came back that year and, and played, and man, we were it was close, but yeah, it, it was it was such a a fun fun year. Um, that was the last game last game I played as a Cherokee, you know. But yep. uh, it was it still it still bums me out. I remember open, we were just sitting in their locker room, just crying, you know, just just so sad that we lost, and and uh, but hey, you know that's yeah. But <clears throat> now you. But your hockey playing wasn't done. I mean, uh, how did you end up going to Northlands? Yeah, I'd so the North in in in, in uh, was that Wisconsin? Yep, it was in up in Superior, Wisconsin. Um, I'm sorry, Ashland, Wisconsin. I don't know what I'm talking about. Ashland, Wisconsin, right on Lake Superior is what I was going to say. And oh. the the coach just saw us play, uh, saw us play in a in a tournament, or like a showcase there in Toledo, mm-hmm. and he he you know. I went up there and it was a small school, 800 kids, and we had a blast. You know, we it was Division three. We we were we won three games a year. You know, and, and literally three games a year in all my four years. And um, but I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. The the guys, the friendships that that I have from that team as well are just amazing. And the times the times are amazing. And um. And Ashley, my, my wife, uh, she actually came up and uh, had we was there the last couple of years, and we just we just had an awesome time. And um, yeah, the college hockey was was a lot of fun. Again, a lot a big learning adjustment, right? But uh, just a lot of fun. I mean, how hard? What kind of adjustments did you have to make, especially considering your record wasn't what it was when you played in Toledo? You know, it was it was just again. You walk into a place, you don't really know anybody, and it was intimidating because you had these kids from the Manitoba Junior League, and the Saskatchewan Junior League, and all these big leagues. And you know, um, it, I just kind of had to realize, hey, you know, we're all here, we're all in this team it's together. You know, and you just had to have that mindset: is is everybody's here for a reason? You, you know, who cares where they play? They play for Northland now. You know, and you just go in and and it was, you know, it was just so much fun. It was so I had a good uh, freshman year, had a really good sophomore year. And then I had got into a little slump. Uh, I didn't score like the first 10 games out of the 25 game season my junior year. And and that was a, a bummer, you know. But after that, it, you know, played played all right after that. But man, good times, Mick. Good times. Uh, I bet. Anyhow, yeah. um, I mean, come on, college life. What isn't there to have good times for? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, uh, so, um, so you finished playing there. Uh, did you think you were going to hang them up, or was there other opportunities uh, that that followed? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hung them up, man. I, I I played my last game, and um, and I would start working at Lincoln financial, you know, in town and, and, uh, my buddy, a couple of my buddies played on a team out of Finley, Ohio called the Finley freedom in a league called the Northeastern hockey league. It was like a single a startup deal. And I went and watched them and I, I actually ended up just playing with them for like eight games that year, 10 games or whatever. And a couple of Sylvania kids that actually on that team. And, it was it was the most bizarre league. It was really cool. It was almost like a feeder into the East Coast League. Like I bet ten guys on that team played East Coast hockey that year. 
it was, it, you know, when the call-ups and all that jazz. So I played there, and then there was another league that started the next year. So I'm still just working, and, uh, you know, that started, and and I played. It was in Worcester, Worcester Ohio, or Worcester, yeah, Ohio. Worcester. Yep. And mm-hmm. I, they had a team, same deal. And I went, and I'd go play on the weekends, and I'd come back and sit, you know, sit in the cubicle during the week. And these guys were just doing it full-time. Like, that was their full-time gig was playing on this team. And I uh, just had some good situations that worked out, I guess. And then it came. That was like, it was like the my, Mid-American Hockey League, wasn't it? Or yeah, uh, like Mid- Mid-Atlantic. Mid-Atlantic Hockey League, yep. There you go. Yep. And so, and then we, uh, it got to the point where I was like, well, hey, if I'm ever going to try out for the Ks, I got to do it now. You know, I'm not getting any younger. So I didn't actually go to camp until my, my I was 26. It was like the third year out of college. And I had to go to like a, pre-camp they skate all the veterans skate for like eight days and um i had to go to a pre-camp and have the coach look at me just to see if i could even go to camp you know and, and it worked out uh, it, it did and went to camp and you know that didn't work out like i got cut uh, the team was good and you know i just got cut and but they said hey pots you know you're in town if we need a guy we'll call you and I kind of like half believed them, you know, I wanted to believe them. And sure enough, Mick, you know, they, 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 I'm sitting at work one night and the owner of the comments, Dave Franke calls me and, you know, and he's like, Hey, we need you. We need you. And I got to play three games with them all on the road. Um, and then I, then what they did is I got to practice with them every Saturday. I got to go to their practice and, And then it's so always just kind of like their backup. And then uh, uh, later on in the year, I got to do the same thing. They call, they literally called me at work at 11 a.m. one day, and they were like, "We need you on the bus at 2 p.m. for, for a road trip this weekend." So I'm going to my boss, and I'm like, "Hey, can I go play for the Comets?" You know, and that's it, it's a cool thing in town, right? It's it, it was it was a cool thing, and um, it was a dream. It was literally a dream come true. You know, a lot of kids want to play in the NHL and I don't know that I really had that aspiration. Um, I wanted to play for the comments. And so my boss let me go again and, you know, got to do that. And so, yeah, I, I played five games with them that year. And, but Mick, it's something that I'll, I'll never forget in my whole life. It was, it was something that, you know, I, I got to see, I got to play against some some of the all time leading scorers. Uh, literally, I think the top two leading scorers in in minor hockey history. I got to play against that year. One was Bouchard or some guy from Muskegon, and one was a guy from Bloomington. And just got to be, I got to play on like the the orange ice in Kalamazoo. I don't know if you on Halloween, and you know, I got to do some cool things, man. And and they, you know, they treated me with respect, uh, which I appreciated because you know, I, obviously, I wasn't on their level you know i didn't make their team but they always treated me with respect and i just i i'm forever grateful for for you know that uh that and it was it was cool you know my my wife and my parents and everybody got to go to those games and you know my aunt and uncle lived in bloomington and they got to go see the 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 first game and yeah it was it was awesome man it was well i think part of it too is don't forget we haven't talked about this aspect of it uh here so far and that is your family history. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously the name Primo means a lot uh, to you. Uh, yeah. Talk about that and about uh, the, the the tie that uh, Reggie Primo had, uh, not only with the K's, but with you. Yep. 
Yeah, so my grandpa, Reggie Primo, played. He actually has his num- number hanging from the rafters at, at the Coliseum, which which is really cool, number 12. Um, he played from 62, I think, to 69. And, you know, that's what brought – that's why we're in town, right? That's why we're in town. And it, we just – I, I, my grandpa and I were really close, you know, uh, he, he, he came to a lot of those games. You saw him and my grandma and um, we were close and I, I, he helped me out a lot in, in my hockey career. And we had a lot of good conversations and just a lot of, a lot of, you know, good moments. And uh, it, it was just neat. You know, it was neat to, to be a part of the comments, just knowing, you know, how, how well respected he was in that organization and and just to be there with the jersey on and i literally make the, the first game i played I, I we were getting i was getting ready to go out and i looked at uh, my the, the, my line mate and I, I just looked at this guy and i hardly knew him i said i'm literally about to live out my dream right now you know and and you get goosebumps just talking about it and and he, he said he was real nice but he's like that's awesome man but we're gonna be out next shift you know he kind of like and I'm glad he said it because it kind of like I was living, I was almost like caught up in the moment. And he just reminded me like, Hey, we got a game to play here. You know, we we're we're, we're playing in a hockey game right now. And, and I remember I made a, a, a nice pass in the defensive zone and it just calmed me down, you know, it just calmed me down. And I felt comfortable from that point forward, you know, for those five games and played a, a regular shift for, for, you know, most of the games and it was, it was just incredible, incredible. And the fact that, you, you know, score a goal? <laughs> uh, depends on who you ask, Mick. It depends. That's a, it depends on who you ask. So we were playing in Muskegon and I scored, you know, the, the announcers, Brian Potts, uh, you know, first goal, Fort Wayne comments, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then uh, about three minutes later, they're like, uh, goal change on the Fort Wayne Comets uh, to number seven. And this other guy on my line said he scored, you know, and, and I was, I mean, I'm a rookie. This guy, I, I had no say. I, I was not going to be that person, you know, and yeah. I just went with it. I got an assist out of it, um, you know, and I just. I kept my mouth shut. I was would have never said otherwise, you know. But it, so that was kind of a bummer, you know. And I never never got credit for the goal. But I think I saw a video of it. It's one of those deals where we're both just banging at it, you know, banging at it. And we, I think we both we both think we scored. Um, so anyway, I, I say yes. I'm going to answer yes to that question. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Hey, yeah. be proud. Be proud. Yeah. So um, now. To wind things up here, uh, yep. when you finished up, when you finished up playing, uh, was it a hard transition to from competitive hockey to real life and maybe you know men's league that kind of thing? Yeah, it was. Um, and I actually never played men's league, Mick. I, I pretty much gave it up, man. It was it was hard. It was just hard. It, it, I remember like being after college. I was. I don't want to say I was depressed because I don't, you know, don't take that lightly. Um, but it was really hard uh, when I thought hockey was over. You know, you, you live it your whole life. And um, but, you know, going in I, again, you just you just learn. You, you learn so much. Uh, you think about all the things that were said by the coaches and 
and, and you know, all the things that Omi said and your teammates, all the conversations. And, and now as a coach, I just tried to do, take all that, right. All that uh, knowledge that was given to, given to me through the years and just try to pass that along to the kids. And somebody said it best. I don't know if it was guards or, or, or Dotis or what, but it's uh, maybe Bobby Mays. I, but they, it's like you, you coach different than you played, right? I wasn't tough. You know, I, I probably didn't back check as much as, uh, you know, Chris Elliott will laugh at that, right? And I was very, very offensive, Mick. You know that. And, yes. it, you know, it, that's just wasn't my game. But like the way I coach is the complete opposite, right? My coach back check. I've got 10-year-olds on this team right now that we coach. It's something special the way they back check, you know, and that's what I'm proud of that. And and just like Omi saying, don't rest on your laurels and all the things that that, uh, it's like little seeds were planted in Toledo, right? And they just kind of sprouted now that I'm an older you know, I'm going to be 40 here in a couple of years. And, and so, yeah, it wasn't hard. Yeah, it was hard, but I love, I love where I am. I love the fact that, you know, t- coaching the boys and, and, and my wife and I get to watch that. And it's, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Hey, can't ask for better than that. Absolutely. Well, let me, let me, uh, uh last couple questions here. For yep, you. I know we got to go. I'm sorry, man. Oh no, you don't need to be. You're fine. <laughs> You're doing fine. Um, Number one, what advice would you give the the Ryan Potts of today? Mm-hmm. Would he would you give to the sixteen year old version or the eighteen year old version of Ryan Potts? If you had any advice you would give him, what would it be? I would say, um, from a leadership perspective, just show people. You know, just do it. Just do it. And, you know, my second year was so different. My first year, I was I was like a healthy scratch 3% of the time. And I walked into the camp my second year, and Omi literally said, Potts, you need to score 35 goals, right? And it was just such a different dynamic that year. And I, 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 at times, I'm sure I, my head got a little bigger than it should have, you know, during that time. And and so my I would say, hey, just keep your emotions in check. And just continue to, you know, keep your eye on the prize and, and be as good of a teammate as you can possibly be, you know, um, and, and just lead again, lead by example and, and not, you know, and, and not maybe talk as much. So that's what I would, that's a great question, Mick. That's a great question. Well, thank you. Um, I, I, hey, I broke clocks right twice a day, right? Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah I've been there. Anyhow. Uh, the other last one that I'll leave you yep. with is yep. what would you like to say to Cherokee Nation? Because everyone, not only from that played with you or was part of your era, but before and after and current, yep. all tune into this. Yeah. So uh, what would you say? What would you have to say to them if you wanted to say anything to them at all? Yeah. You know, first off, I just want to say thanks, Mick, to you for doing this. Like, this is incredible. You know, th- this is really, really cool. Um, it, thanks to all the coaching staff that I know we owe me again. I, I just can't thank the guy enough. You know, I, I just can't thank him enough. And, you know, little things like Rufo. I brought up Rufo and, and Witten and some of those some of those guys, they all said things and, and were so 
that's such a big part of my life, you know, and you don't know it. And so that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to tell the guys that are playing now, enjoy every second of it, right? Be a good teammate and just take it all in, right? Because some of the stuff that you're hearing right now, you're, you're 16, 17, 18, 19 years old. And you think you, you, you know, all, you know, a lot more than you do at times, you know, and, and it'll all make more sense in about 10 years, but just take it all in, listen to what the coaches are saying, listen to what, you know, your teachers are saying and people at the rink and your teammates and, and just, you know, uh, continue to grow, right. Continue to grow. So that's what I would say. And then have fun in the end, have fun because, there's going to be a day where it's all over and, and you, sometimes you know when that happens and sometimes you don't. And, and so just go out there and enjoy it because it is a, it's a wonderful ride, Mick. It's a wonderful ride, brother. Amen. I tell you, I couldn't have put it yep. better myself. And the yep. reason it was so great for me was because I got to ride on the shoulders of guys like you. Yeah, so, thanks, you know, Thank you. You know, it, it really, it really made, meant a lot to me and that's why Absolutely. I'm doing this. My yeah. way of saying thanks. So, yeah. well, Ryan, yeah. man, yeah. I tell you, it only seemed like five minutes. But, yeah, sorry. Uh, this, is, this went long. Sorry. No. <laughs> it was great. Hey, I, this was a blast. This was a blast. I was going to say, you don't hear me complaining. This, I could, this was you know, awesome. This was I, awesome. I don't, I, I'd go longer, but the only problem is then everyone else is going to say, well, why don't you have me for a long <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You know, it's like, okay, great, guys. Hang on now. Yeah, but uh, no, anyway, but no, this was great, man. This is so yeah. much fun. And I'm telling you. When the world sort of pretends like it's going to get back to being normal again, we're going to have a reunion and okay. we're going to have, I want people to come in. Well, I'm sure we'll probably have an alumni game. That'd be all fine dandy for the young bucks. But uh, for uh, me, I want to get everybody together too, especially the old guard and uh, have them come watch a game and sit in the stands, have a couple pops and tell tall tales, you yeah. know? Just uh, sit there and yell and have a just let la- you hear all of us laughing and it has yeah. nothing to do with what's going on on the ice. You know, that's <laughs> that like is a, what I <laughs> so sounds like a good situation. <laughs> yep, that's what and that's what I want all you guys to come back for. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. that's the game plan. So I hope we can pull that off. Absolutely. Well, Ryan, thank you, sir. Man, God bless you. You and your family, man, they're awesome. Say hi to your your folks for me. Uh, they're they're awesome people, and uh, hey, well, I I know we'll talk again soon. Thanks. Sounds good. Thank you for everything, Mick. Thanks. You bet. Right. Hey, that's Ryan Potts, and we have got episode fifty-one of the Cherokee Rewind in the books. Don't forget, uh, sign up with whatever platform you use, whether it's Spotify, iHeart, whatever. Uh, just sign up, and uh, that way, every time a new episode drops, it'll notify you. So for Ryan, I am Mick. We thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.